Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, friends, it's good to be with you tonight as we celebrate this Mass and as we come together as a community for our little Christmas Advent gathering. Um, Like I said at the beginning of Mass, today the Church celebrates the feast day of St. John of the Cross, who, um, in many ways, I think about him as a sort of spiritual grandfather. And here's why. St. John of the Cross was a huge influence on Carol Wojtyla, Pope John Paul II, who is a huge influence on me. So John of the Cross, of course, was a medieval mystic, friend of St. Teresa of Avila. Him and Teresa are kind of the Carmelite pillars of... I don't know, Catholic mysticism. Um, just an incredible man. Uh, just a burning love and burning charity for the Lord. If you ever get a chance to dive into some of his, his writings, his spiritual canticle, dark night of the soul, those sorts of things, it is, it is like chewing on the meatiest filet mignon, right? Which I hope is going to be in the other room. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is juicy. It is incredible. You know? And so like I said, Carol Wojtyla, he was a huge influence on him. So much so that he went to go learn, he, he learned Spanish so that he could read John in the original Spanish, um, which I find amazing, you know, like, and John of the Cross is Spanish, it's not just like, you know, El Gato and El, you know, <laughs> Biblioteca, right? It's like, it is whatever the Shakespeare version of Spanish is, that's John of the Cross is Spanish. So Carol Wojtyla, John Paul II, learned it so he could read it in the original, and it so influenced his, um, his writing, his thinking, his own mysticism. You know, if you're familiar with JP2, you know that he spent a good chunk of his pontificate articulating for the world a vision of our humanity, our embodiment, masculinity, femininity, known as theology of the body, right? An answer to the question, what does it mean to be human? And what really is at the heart of this faith? It's a stunning marriage proposal between heaven and earth. So what I want to do in kind of like a nod to John of the Cross, a nod to Carol Wojtyla, these incredible spiritual masters, I want to, with that kind of in the background, I want to dive into the scriptures. I'm going to ignore the gospel, basically, because we had this gospel. It should have been familiar, right? We had this gospel this past weekend. For those of you who didn't go to Mass this past weekend, you're like, I, I don't, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Confessions were at 530, just, you know, all right. So anyway... So we had, this, we had this gospel for this past weekend, so that's why I want to look at um, the, the first reading from Isaiah. And, and I've got kind of like, as I was praying about this yesterday and into this morning, I had like one homily and like a second kind of homily f- for all this. I'm like, I'm just going to do both. It's crazy. You know, we don't have a speaker tonight, so we're, we're doing both of it. Both of them. So it's kind of like, like two gears. We're going to first gear, and then we're going to shift gears and go like even deeper. All right? You with me? Sound good? All right. So what we hear, what we hear in this first reading from Isaiah is the Lord speaking through the prophet. And uh, if you're like me, maybe you, you heard it. Well, it's hard to hear with the way that Stephanie, you read it. You got such a lovely voice. The way I heard this scripture, you hear the Lord saying, there's just something cosmic and huge, like booming in the heart of Isaiah as he gives articulations to the Lord's identification. He's like, I am the Lord. And there is no other. This is why it's like your lovely reading. You just got to kind of get it. I form the light and create the darkness. I make well-being and create woe. I, the Lord, do all these things. You're like, woo! 
This is like, this is, this is definitely the Old Testament God, right? This is, this is the God who speaks out of the storm cloud and slaps Job around a little bit. That's who this God is, right? Powerful, almighty. So then we hear him continue. He says this. He says, let justice descend, O heavens, like, pause, don't look at your sheets. Let justice descend, O heavens, like, like, lightning, like fire, Right, like a storm cloud, like a hammer, like let the justice descend, like Thor, mighty Thor, Zeus, let the justice descend, like 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 rending of the mountains, right, right. Let justice descend, O heavens, like dew from above, like gentle rain, let the skies drop it down. Okay. We're meant to hear that and ask the question, what? It's so unexpected. He's the God who creates light and darkness. Whoa, all of these things. But when his justice descends, when he interfaces with earth, it comes down like dew. And not even like a torrential downpour, like gentle rain. Gentle rain, let the skies drop it down. We heard in that psalm that we just prayed, kindness and truth shall meet, justice and peace shall kiss. Who is this God? This God of immense power who reveals his justice with immense gentleness and tenderness, that he hasn't come to compromise, to destroy. He's come to caress. He's come to bless. He's come to kiss. You know, I think there is in our hearts this expectation that, man, when, when, when the father finally, wait until your dad comes home, when the justice finally comes home, it's going to come down like a hammer. Surely he will treat me with the hammer. Wait until your father comes home. Isn't that how he's going to respond? He's like, no. Justice descends like dew. Like he doesn't come into our world or into our worlds. This was the image the Lord gave me. He doesn't come into our world like the Kool-Aid man. Remember the Kool-Aid man commercials? Right? Who smashes through the wall. He's like, oh yeah, right? The Kool-Aid man. Just debris and destruction everywhere, right? That's not how he enters our world. That's not how he enters your heart. It's with gentleness, like dewfall. You will hear the reference to dewfall in just a moment. He comes like gentle rain. All right, this is shifting into the second gear. Because I think you can handle it. You can handle this. I hope. (laughs) Notice, back to the psalm. Kindness and truth shall meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. There's this sort of cosmic dance that we're hearing about. This heaven meeting earth kind of thing. Notice the directionality, right? Let justice descend from the heavens like the dew, like the gentle rain. Now please tell me, this is where you answer the question, who is the just one? Who is he? Jesus. Jesus. He is the just one. Let 
the just one descend from the heavens. So he, divinity, Jesus, the Logos, he who is beauty, who is goodness, who is glory, who is justice, he is descending. And how does the earth, the other dance partner, how does the earth respond with openness, with openness? Now, please answer this. Who, in this case, is the earth? Don't tell me Mother Earth. Keep thinking like a Catholic. Keep thinking like a Catholic. Mary. Who said it? Oh, you get the gold stick. You, you know what? I'm going to even give you a pin at the end of Mass. Uh-huh. Because you're so good. The bride. The bride. The bride. When God wanted to take on matter... He wanted and needed a mater. When he wanted to take on matter, he needed a mater. Mother. He needed a mother. Mary is the earth. She is creation. She is the soil. She's the fertile soil that receives the seed. She's the soil in which the treasure is buried in. She is creation. She is earth in that sense. One of the titles I love for Mary, she's the mystical rose. She's the most beautiful flower of creation. That's who she is, open before the love of God, right? If she's the mystical rose, think how do flower petals, what elicits flowers to open? The sun. The sun. They open before the sun, right? If you go to the Psalms, I think it's Psalm 42, Like a bridegroom, the sun comes forth from his tent. The sun is described as a bridegroom, right? Here is earth, here is Mary, here is creation, here is the rose. She opens before the sun, opens its petals. And what does Mary do? She opened herself so thoroughly, so deeply, that justice and peace, heaven and earth, kissed, as it were, in her immaculate womb. Right? The church fathers, they referred to Mary's womb as the mystical bridal chamber, the place where heaven and earth come together. It's the trysting place between heaven and earth. I know this is steamy. You doing okay? You with me still? All right. But this is, how, this is the Catholic imagination. This is the Catholic way of viewing these realities. That woman, Mary, she's not, she's not just a, a statue. She's the unbridled bride. She's the wildest flower in creation. She is the... Oven baking the bread come down from heaven. She's the mystical rose. She's the chalice. She's the garden. She is the queen. She's the one who's clothed with the sun. So the word is made flesh in her womb. And notice how gentle is the Annunciation. Right? You look at the, the myths of the ancient Greeks and Romans. When the gods come to interface with humanity, when Zeus comes to take a bride, it's the, always this this rape of heaven and all it's this rape of earth by heaven by the gods it's violent whatever the opposite of a rape is that's what the annunciation is she's wooed and she opens herself and salvation as it were buds forth in her womb like what do we say what did you just say as you're praying the rosary blessed is the fruit of your womb jesus The fruit of your womb, Jesus. And what is a fruit? A fruit is the budding forth of the plant. What does Isaiah prophesy? Isaiah 43, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse and from its roots a 
bud shall blossom. A bud shall blossom. There'll be this branch that's going to come forth and it will blossom. You know what the Hebrew word for branches, for those of you who are Hebrew scholars, maybe you know, the word for branch in Hebrew is the word netzer, which is the root of the name of a town, Netzareth, which gets translated into English as Nazareth. So Jesus' town, where the Annunciation happened, it'd be better to translate it into English as like Branchton. Like Jesus and Mary, they're from Branchton. It sounds like Wadsworth. <laughs> so who is the fruit of Mary's womb from Nazareth, from Netzareth? Jesus. Okay, one final thought to keep pressing in, into the, maybe the third gear. What will I say? I already alluded to this. What will I say as I place my hands over the gifts of bread and wine, right? The fruit of the earth, work of human hands. Let your Holy Spirit come down upon these gifts like the dewfall. The dewfall. Make holy, therefore, these gifts by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall. Like what? What budded forth in the womb of Mary, in the soil of the Virgin, Jesus himself, he becomes present on this altar. Like salvation will become present on this altar because salvation isn't, it's not a state of being. It's not a, it's not a decree. It's a person. It's a person. Let salvation bud forth. And it does in her and then salvation gets placed in your hand on your tongue and you bring salvation into your very body. This person comes in to your very body. And then you're meant to be like she was, like what you just adored, a living monstrance. A living monstrance for all the world to see. That's who's going to be lying in the manger in a few days salvation himself. This is our beautiful faith. These are these beautiful mysteries. It's so rich. It's so incredible. This is the gospel, and it's amazing. Amen.